Hi, I'm Pastor James, and I want to welcome you to the weekend teaching ministry of Sunrise Church in Hillsborough, Oregon. Sunrise is a church devoted to being a safe place to hear a life-changing message. Our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so each weekend, we share a message of hope from God's Word, the Bible. Now, if you'd like to know more about discovering and growing in a relationship with the God who loves you, please visit our website at www.isunrise.com, I-S-O-N-R-I-S-E.com. Now, from there, you can learn how to connect with the God who loves you, grow along the journey of life with others, develop a heart to serve the least, the last, and the lost, and then learn how to lead other people to know Jesus Christ. Now, on to our weekend message. My name is Pastor Taylor, currently the serve pastor, going to be the youth pastor, all right? See, I got some fans, I got some fans out there, <laughs> or they're excited that I'm going down to deal with their kids. No, 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 uh, um, So I had the great opportunity to preach with uh, Pastor Eric last week, he's my father-in-law, but he's also the current youth pastor and transitioning out, um, and you guys all saw him, but I traded him out for a younger, better looking, uh, he's not here so I can say this, but <laughs> this is Cliff Harrell, and Cliff is, uh, Cliff's been coming to Sunrise, he said, for about three years years and uh, he just joined our small group that me and my wife lead him and his wife are a part of it and came uh, what we, we've been going for just over a year now with our small group and so he's become more than just a friend anything he's become a brother he's become a best friend in this but also he's one of those guys that's on fire for God and so he's one of those guys you kind of want to get around and be close to and watch him and how God's moving in his life so that you can kind of get close to that and say man I want to catch some of that fire I want to be a part of what God's doing and so he's one of those guys where God is just moving moving so fast and so violently in your life and it's just fun to watch man so i brought him up here today i want to start the message with him because we had a question in small group that i asked around to everyone in there i said you know who is jesus to you who's god to you because i believe that's the most important question you could ever answer in your entire life is who is jesus to you who's god because I think that decision will determine a lot of the decisions that you make about how you live your life. And so everyone went back and they answered, answered the question as a group. We shared about it when, when just the guys were together and whatnot, what our answer was. And we all had great answers and all, but there was nothing like your answer. And so I'm going to just let Cliff share a little bit. Give us a little context before you, know, you read it to us. What would, you know, it's a psalm, really, but what, what brought this out? So uh, the question was asked at our small group, you know, what is Jesus to you? And, you know, we had to come back next week with the uh, answer of what it was. So I went home. I prayed about it. Got a piece of paper and a pen out. And I don't know the words just came to me, but uh, my answer was a cold shower. You jump in that cold shower and then it's like a new awakening for you. You know, that cold water just hits your body. You can't catch your breath. It's almost like a moment, a spiritual moment where right there you're not yourself. You're just somewhere else. But... That's what I compared it to, just a, a cold shower. It's like an awakening for me. Yeah, so read it for us. Why don't you go ahead? So, Jesus is a cold shower. He washes the sin away from us, all as he has died for us. Call out to him and renounce your sin. He takes my breath away as his ways work to soften me. And see the beauty in life in my days that before weren't so clear. As my breath relaxes, it causes me to focus on the moment and absorb it. The water rushing over me, his words flowing through my heart as I surrender to him. A fresh, clean slate as I step out ready to take on the world with a steadying foundation. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. 
It's just a testament to how God is working through Cliff. So proud of you, man. Thanks. So cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. And it's just a, it's just a, you know, God is different to each one of us. He really is. He, our relationship with him is unique compared to the person to our left and to our right. No matter if they're our wife or spouse, whoever it is, man, it's so much different. So thanks for sharing that with us. Would you pray for the message? Pray for us in here. Pray that God would open up our hearts and do what only he can do. So. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us all here this morning. Uh, whatever we bought in through those doors, whether it's strife, grief, or just goodness, Lord, in you, that we just ask that you allow the hard stuff to just be brushed off our shoulder, Lord, and that you come into our lives no matter where it's at, even if it's a small inkling, Lord, that you can just touch us each individually this morning and then just pray over the message, Lord, that the Holy Spirit just fills this room this morning and we just leave here. Uh, refreshed, just like that cold shower that you walk into. Maybe we can't catch our breath. Maybe it's just a, just a overall good feeling that we didn't have when we came in here, Lord. We just ask that you do that for us this morning. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So I think that leaves us with the question is, who is God to you? Who is God to you? And as I said, it's the most important question that you'll ever answer, that you'll ever come up with in your entire life, because it'll determine every decision that you make in your life. It'll determine how you lead your family. It'll determine how you live. It'll determine how you pursue relationships. It'll determine how you go after people, how you love your kids, how you do your job at work. It'll determine everything. And it's all in what you believe to be true about God. And only you can define that. Only you can decide what you believe. Honestly, you're the only one who can do it. And whatever, whether God's a cold shower, whether God's your provider, whether wherever God is, it's the most important question you can answer. And only you can answer it, like I said. So we're going to go and we're going to figure out what the psalmist today has to say about God and defining who he is in his life. And so we're going to start right in verse one, because that's what he does. He says, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. It's our refuge and our strength. Those are pretty strong words. It's pretty powerful words. Some of us really resonate with those words. We say, man, I am in a crazy season right now. And God is my strength. And God is my refuge. And he's everything that I got. And he's everything I'm hanging on to in this season. But if I could be honest with you, some of us look at those words and we go, eh, I guess cool. Like, that's awesome. That's great and all. But I'm just going to breeze right by that. I don't really, that's just not who God is to me right now. That's just not how I see God right now. And that's okay. That's okay. Because I can say the same thing about myself when I look at those words. But this is a psalmist who's crying out to God and he's, he's saying, this is who you are in my life. It doesn't always make sense. As we walk through the psalm today, not all of it kind of just flows and looks real nice and pretty. Because sometimes when we're crying out to God, it's kind of crazy and it doesn't make sense because it's our heart. And we're just throwing it out there and saying, this is what I believe. This is the season I am. This is who you are, God. And that's how we walk, walk through it. And so when we look at the psalm today, it's a little all over the place. But we also see the deeper meaning and the value in which the psalmist is pointing towards. And it's who God is in his life and it's that his presence matters above all else but people I would say that refer to God as their refuge as their strength have something different something maybe deeper in their relationship with God are going through a season where God's presence is really close by because I think in those seasons where God is close and you're really in unison and one with God God is your refuge God is your strength he should always be those but it doesn't resonate with us because typically God feels at a distance sometimes. He just does. He just feels at a distance. It's like the intangible God that we just, eh, where are you? Where are you, God? 
And so the one thing that God is so interested in with us for us is that we would be people that have an ever-deepening relationship with God each day. Each day gets deeper. Each day we draw into His presence. Each day we seek Him. And so how God will do that sometimes in our lives is He will allow storms to come in and rock the boat. Because that'll bring us running to God. And so that's where the psalmist goes with his next couple verses here. He says, So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. He's talking about the world falling apart. I mean, it's literally falling apart. The earth is moving. There's no control of that. Have you ever been in a storm where the ground is moving and you can't feel it and you don't understand what's going on and you have no control of the circumstances in your life? Have you been in that season? Have you sat there and you've been like, I don't know. The mountains are falling into the sea. You're like, I, I don't even know what to do anymore, God. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to try because I've done it all and it's still falling apart. Man, it feels like it's the end of my rope already. <laughs> I've seen this before, God. I've been here before. But man, not like this. Not like this right here. And sometimes these seasons aren't just days. They're not just months, but they're actually years. They're actually a lifetime. Wishing you could never have been dealt this hand. But storms will draw us closer to God. And so he will allow storms because he wants us to have a deeper relationship with him. He wants us coming into his presence, pursuing after him. That's what he wants. And so he goes a little bit further and he starts talking about his presence because his presence is where it's safe. His presence is where it's at. He says, a river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. So that storm he's referring to is saying, man, the world is going to fall apart one day. One day the world will fall apart because this earth will no longer exist. It won't. And so he's speaking to the city of our God. He's speaking to a future city that is way beyond us. It's beyond our time. It is in eternity. He's speaking to the city and that there's going to be citizens in the city. There's going to be people in the city and he's going to dwell in that city. And if you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are a citizen of that city. You have a citizenship into eternity. And he's saying, guess what? It cannot be destroyed from the very break of day. God will protect it. God will protect you. He will. Maybe not, it may not be how you thought it was going to be. It may, this life, this earth may not turn out exactly your plans down here how you wanted them to be. But God has a city for you. Cancer may defeat you. Disease may defeat you. This life may end shorter than you thought you wanted it to be. But there is a place for you. God will protect you. It doesn't quite end up how you wanted it to be. It's not your plans. It's not your desires. God will protect you. God will protect you in the other storms. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe family's falling apart. Maybe the job's not there. The money's not coming in. God will protect you. Because that's where, wherever his presence is, is, is where he dwells, is where he's at. He will protect where his presence exists. That's our God. That's our God. He wants us to be in a deep relationship with him. Ever deepening, ever closer. So he can be our God, so he can be our provider, so he can be our strength, and so he can be the refuge in which we run to. So he can be the city in which we live in eternity one day. 
And so the story, it keeps going on. We get to verses 6 and 9. And it says, The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come and see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Man. He's contrasting. He's saying, you know, even though this world's going to end, even though it's all going to fall apart, I prevail. So he says, the God's voice thunders and the earth melts. Man, he's so much bigger than anything we face down here. Any storm we're in, he may allow it because he is in control of it at the end of the day. I'm not saying he causes it. I'm just saying he allows it and he is in control of it. But it also speaks to a time where there's going to be war. We already have war going on. We already have a crazy political climate going on. We have all kinds of stuff going on in this world. It's broken. And he says, but one day there will be peace. And it will be a peace that passes all understanding. It will be a peace. He will cease the war. He will cease the fighting. He will cease it all. Because he's God. Because that's what will come. He will bring peace into this world when he arrives. But he also will bring peace into our lives when he dwells inside of us. When you accept him as your Lord. When you get into this deep place with God that arises you above your circumstances. That you can look beyond what's going on and you can see with a heavenly perspective. With a bigger purpose in mind. With a heavenly purpose in mind. With eternity in mind. Not just now. Not just this plan. Not just this job. Not just this kid. Not just your circumstances. Not just where you're at or this relationship and as it all falls apart in our lives, though, he says, there is, there is an antidote. And I am God, and I am in control of it all, but there is a bigger antidote than just myself. Than just knowing that I'm God, bigger than that. There is a, there's an act that comes before that. There is something that you must do as a follower of Christ, as a person. And he says it in verse 10. He says, be still. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Be still. You know, it doesn't quite mean what we think it means. Because if I was going to tell you what I thought be still meant, I would have said I would just hopped in a corner in a dark room, tried to control my thoughts, tried to control everything, and just sit there and do nothing. And hope that my job would work out, and hope that my relationships would work out, and hope that at all. But I'm going to do nothing. And it doesn't quite mean just to do nothing. It really doesn't quite mean that at all. It actually means to just kind of stop. It means to cease fighting, to cease striving, to let down, to sink in, sink down. Come to the end of yourself. Saying, be still. Let it go. What are you holding on to? What plans did you have that you thought were going to be it? And God's like, just be still. Be still. And know that I am God. Knowing God means experiencing God, which means you're able to define God, which means that you have a relationship with God. Do you know God? Do you really know God? See, the message translation, it says it a little bit different than this. I love the message. It says, step out of traffic. Ever stepped out of traffic before? Our lives are so consumed, they're so busy with everything that goes on in this world. I mean, let's be honest. My cell phone is my alarm clock. It's also my channel to Facebook. It's also my channel to ESPN. It's also my access to the world and text messages and phone calls. I mean, that's my thing. It sits right here as I sleep every night. Right here. 
Step out of traffic. Step out of the busyness of your life. Step out of everything that goes on. I mean, it's unreal. Have you ever tried to be still? Have you ever tried to just kind of quiet yourself and come to God and just acknowledge that He is Lord and know Him? I mean, I sit there and I'll be honest with you. I, I'm preaching the message. I mean, I'm preaching be still this week. So I guess I got to do it. I kind of got to practice it before I come up and preach about it. And I'm sitting there trying to be still and my phone's sitting here and I'm like, man, can I just check Facebook? Can I just check that Mayweather one? Can I just, can I just do that? I mean, that's why that's where my stillness goes. The stillness goes to my phone. It goes to, man, I got, I got this meeting and this going on and this going on tomorrow. That's if I'm still for about 10 minutes and I can sit. No, I'm being still because I got so much ahead of me. I'm like, man, I got this meeting and this meeting and this meeting. And God's like, no, 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 no. Just come quiet yourself before me. Step out of your regular routine. Step out of what you've been doing. Stop trying to plan out the day. Make plans for how you're going to attack everything. Don't do that. Just step out of traffic. Step out of the regular routine. Come to me. It says, take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything. It's talking about perspective. Like I already said, he is saying, come, look at me. Because when you look at me, you will see above everything else that's going on in your life. You will be able to let go of all that. And so since I had to practice it this week, I figured I might as well. I had to kind of, as I looked at my message yesterday of being still, I kind of was looking at it. I was going through my one last draft and kind of saying, yep, I think that's where I'm going. And as I'm practicing being still before God, God's like, no, you're not. You're not going there. You're going here. And if I told you, like, how do you know the voice of God? I'm like, I don't. I just, I feel like God puts thoughts and puts ideas in our heads. And that's what he shows us where to go. And if they line up with his word and they line up with what he says in the, and in the Bible, I believe it's very true. And so God's like, go here. So I want to go somewhere that I want to share with you guys a story, which I think brings it all together for us today. And it's in found in, in Mark six and Jesus is sitting there with 5,000 men, including their families around him. And he's, he's got, he's got his 12 disciples, these 12 men he's been pouring his life into and kind of showing them how he is and how he works and how he serves people and how he loves people. And he looks at the crowd and he goes, you guys feed them. Twelve men. He says, what do you got? They've got five loaves of bread and two fish. And they got 5,000 men and their families. You feed them. So eventually he feeds them. All of them. And there's baskets left over and it's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's a miracle. It's like the food just keeps coming out. And he feeds all of them. It's crazy. And so after it's all done and these people have eaten and they've been fed and everything, Jesus sends his disciples in a boat into the sea across to the other side to head for the city of Bethsaida. That's where he tells them to go. He says, this, you hop in the boat, go. And then he goes alone up to the top of the mountain to pray. That's where Jesus goes. But he sends them into the sea. And you know what happens in the sea? A storm. A storm picks up. And it's crazy. And it's wild, but I think so many of us can relate to that because we're like, I was following Jesus and he sent me literally into the storm. He sent me right into where I'm like, I don't know how I got here. I don't know what this is about, but I thought I was following you, God. I thought I was right there in tune with you. I thought we were bros. 
I thought we had it. And you're de- and why am I here? The winds are picking up. They're going against the current. Everything's against them. And it's like, I thought I was following you. And so Jesus is up there and he's praying on the mountain and he sees that his disciples are struggling. So you know what he does? He goes to them. He, it says he draws near to them. Jesus will draw near to us in the storms. Jesus will pursue us in our storms. He will come right after us in our storms. He comes. He's right there. I don't know that they saw it right away. I don't know that we see it right away in our storms that Jesus is drawing near. And so as he draws near, they start screaming because they think he's a ghost because he's actually walking on water. It's like, what? He's walking on water and they're like, what's going on? And so they scream and they do all this stuff. But what's really important, it says in the text, is it says that he was going to pass by them. I think that's what it feels like in our storms, that Jesus is actually going to pass by us. Like, does he really even care? Does he understand what I'm feeling right now? Does he even know that this is where I'm at and how I'm struggling with this and this relationship here? And it's falling apart. Don't you care? And Jesus... He's actually doing something. He's not actually passing by them. Because as we've seen this happen twice in the Old Testament, to pass by would actually mean to reveal his true identity. These are 12 men that just watched them feed 5,000 men and their families, and they already forgot, as Jesus had sent them in this boat, that he sent them there, that he put them there, that he actually would protect them. But they already forgot. They're freaking out in the boat. They're screaming out, it's a ghost. Oh my goodness, what's going on? But as it says, he passed by them and he revealed himself as Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He's going to reveal himself to them by passing by. God will reveal himself to you in the storms. Jesus will show up and reveal himself to you in a most intimate, delicate way that only you can see because he planned that storm just for you. He planned it just for you. The opposition, the circumstances, so that he would draw near and that you would call out to him. And so that he would come running to you. There's a purpose for the storms. There's a reason for the storms. Because it's all about God's presence. Because where he dwells, we will be protected. And you know what happens next? Jesus comes. He's walking on water. He hops in the boat. And the moment he hops in the boat, the wind stops. The wind stops. The storm stops. And I don't know that it always stops in our lives, but guess what? I do believe that when Jesus is with us and we have that heavenly perspective, that eternal perspective, that when we look out at the wind and the waves, it all stops. We, it, it, the world can be falling apart. The relationships can be there. The cancer can still be there. It doesn't matter because if we're looking at it with Jesus' presence that lives inside of us and we're close to him, we can look at it and go, there's a greater purpose. There's a greater purpose. I don't know what it is right now, but I know there's a greater purpose. And I don't understand it, I don't get it, but I know that you have called me here and you have sent me and that there is a place for me in heaven. But the craziest thing happens in the storms. Because it says that they were, they were in a boat and that they were headed for Bethsaida. But you get to the end of the story and you realize that's not where they ended up. They ended up somewhere else. And I think that's what happens in our lives is that God will let us come to the end of ourselves, a place where we have to cease striving, where we can't do anything in our lives, where we're actually at this wall at the end of ourselves and we have to be disheartened before God and understand that we don't have it all together and hit our limit. And God says, now I'll show you the way. 
And so we'll hop in the storm and God will show up in our lives and he'll change it and he'll set a fire in our lives and we'll start pursuing him and all of a sudden we never went where we were headed for. Or that where we thought Jesus was sending us was actually just kind of a detour to the route all along. What's that storm in your life? What does it look like? Are you close to God? Is he drawing near to you? Some of you are like, yep, he's my strength. He's my refuge. I'm hanging on to that every day. Some of us are like, ah, just wait. Because they'll come. Because he loves you enough to let him come. He loves you enough. He pursues you enough to let him come into your life. He wants you that bad. He wants that relationship with you. He created you for it. But sometimes in the storm, it's all about just being still. It's just knowing God, having that relationship with him, understanding how he works, but just being disheartened and being at the end of yourself. Setting down the phone, setting all of it and just crying out to God. Just saying, I don't got it all together, God. And so I know there's a, there's a lot of things going on today. There's a lot going on today. I'm going to actually invite Aaron up to, Pastor Aaron to play worship for, for us right off the get-go. So I want to, I thought it'd be right of us as, as a community, as a family, that we would have a moment of being still before God. Not necessarily doing nothing, but taking our problems and putting them out like this. Surrendering, being disheartened before God, understanding we've hit our limit. And so I want to provide a moment for you because you have lunch plans, you have afternoon plans, and you have dinner plans. You have so much going on today and so much ahead of you this week. You have it all planned out. And some of it's going your way and some of it's not going your way. And some of you are in the midst of a storm. And you need to remember that it's in the storm that God draws near.